This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a given, right? We all love to refresh our snack drawers. But when was the last time you refreshed your sock drawer? If you can't remember, it's probably time for an upgrade. Bombas socks are made with comfort innovations such as arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed. All socks speak for super comfortable, incredibly awesome. They come in hundreds of colors and styles, making them perfect for men, women, and kids. I love my Bombas socks. I love the way they feel. I love the way they look. And I love the company behind them. I love their mission. And I'm huge on their new line of merino wool socks. They're made from soft, warm, and naturally moisture-wicking merino wool designed with all of Bombas' classic comfort features. From keeping cool and dry on your morning run to staying comfortable in your office's freezing air conditioning. Like my studio. Freezing. Bombas' socks are ready to work as hard as you do. And for every pair of socks you buy, they will donate a pair to somebody in need. Bombas are what feet daydream about. Buy your Bombas at bombas.com slash Rome right now. Get 20% off your first purchase when you do it that way. B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Rome and get 20% off. Bombas.com slash Rome. I had to fill out this form and there was a box where you check male and female and Jim I literally had for two three seconds had to think about it and I'm like oh fuck are you kidding me I had to think about that Hey, what's cracking? Welcome to another episode of the Jim Rome Podcast, F104 to be exact, and this one is a killer. Somebody you have all been asking for since this side hustle officially became a thing. He is a jungle legend, a four-time Super Bowl champ, a two-time Pro Bowler, one of the nastiest players the league has ever seen. Some would say dirtiest, but nobody could ever question how badly this guy wanted it or the lengths that he would go to to get a job, keep a job, and help his team win. Of course, I'm talking about Romo, Bill Romanowski, a guy with takes and stories for days. He is now a business owner, a nutritional guru. He looks like he could still run out on the field and snot bubble chumps. Let's not waste any more time. This one has been a long time coming, and trust me when I tell you, it lives up to the hype. The Jim Rome Podcast with Bill Romanowski starts right now. Romo, the clones have been asking for this for a long, long time, so it's always been not a question of if, but a matter of when. We had to get you on the pod, so it's great to have you here. Bill, how you living? How are things? Ah, things are great. Great to be on. Uh, I tell you what, football season is going well. Raiders are a little uh, little iffy right now. 49ers are kicking ass. Um, things are going pretty good in the Bay Area. 
I'll tell you what, Romo, I was going to ask you, and I will, about your career, but since you got into that, why don't we start right there? You played for both those teams. Let me start with the Niners, Bill. They look like a juggernaut at 8-0. They lost to Seattle Monday night, no T. That'll happen. They're good. In your mind, are they Super Bowl good? I don't think they're Super Bowl good. But, Jim, they go out and they kick ass every week. And they're young, and they're a bunch of no-name guys for the most part. You got Sherman, you got a bunch of you know first-round draft picks, but they're young on the defensive line with Boza kind of leading that charge. And then you got Jimmy Garoppolo, and then who else do you know on the team other than a group of young guys that believe in one another, fly around, and make plays? And that's the most impressive thing about this team. And they're very well coached. They're extremely well coached, Romo. Go back to Jimmy G for a minute. In Jimmy Garoppolo, you know he's coming off an injury, still kind of finding his way. Do you think he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback? In other words, can they get where they want to go with him playing the way he is right now? I think right now, Jim, he's managing the game and what he has to do is not screw it up. Because I don't think he's asked to basically take over and win the game for the 49ers. And, you know, there's a lot of other quarterbacks around the league where you're going to say, we need him to win the game for us. With Jimmy G, that's not what it is. This team is built around their defense. And it's really built around their defensive line, creating havoc and dominating opposing offensive uh, teams. And because of that, they just need to execute on offense. And, you know, that's what they're doing. Bill, do you ever think that Jimmy G is going to be more than that? Remember there was that discussion in New England, Brady or Jimmy G, and there was actually allegedly a debate. Is he always going to be a game manager? Will he ever be any more than he is right now? I think he just has to prove it. And there are going to be times, and it's going to be the rest. You know, think about who they play the rest of this season. You know, they got Arizona again. They got Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans, Atlanta, who comes off a big win. And then the Rams in Seattle again. And could be that the final game is a game that they have to win to win their division against Seattle. So it's a tough run right here. This is the time when Jimmy G is need to step. He needs to step up his game along with everybody else and go out there and prove that he is a potential Super Bowl quarterback. All right, Romo, you mentioned the Raiders are kind of iffy. I got to say, I mean, maybe, but they're a hell of a lot better off than I thought they'd be coming in. I mean, at 5-4, and four, they're right there in the hunt. They've got the horrible Bengals coming up. Then they've got the Jets. Coming into the season, Bill, I thought, I mean, hell, maybe a five-win team, maybe. Like, what kind of expectations did you have for them, and what's been the biggest difference for the Raiders this season? You know what, you know what I think it is for me, Jim? I think coming into the season, when I, I was up at tra- training camp a bunch, and – so I'm watching in practice, and I'm like, God, I like this team. And a lot of it had to do with the potential of Antonio Brown, and there is, you know, that whole mess that went on in training camp. They got through that. Once they lost him, I was like, 
oh, no, what is going to happen here? And little by little, they started showing me, you know what? They're a decent team, but they're not a team that's going to make a run. But all of a sudden, their offense started playing really well, and their division went from being really good to not so good with Kansas City kind of not playing really good defense right now, the quarterback getting hurt. You know, San Diego was kind of iffy in the beginning of the year and started to win a couple games. And then the Broncos, you know, are not playing great football. So with all that, you're like, wow, all of a sudden, they're kind of in the hunt here. And it really has a lot to do with their offense and how well Derek Carr is playing and how he's protecting the football. Romo, one thought about Antonio Brown. Like, if you had to guess, if you have any idea, like, what happened to this cat? I mean, is this the way he's always been and most of the world just didn't know the guy? Or did he snap somewhere along the way? Well, I worked with him a little bit this offseason. And, you know, I'll just tell you, Jim, he's a sweetheart of a guy. When I got to know him. And what I did is I helped him out on his training and nutrition and connected him with all the guys that I worked with when I played. And when I started working with him, he was probably running four fives. And when I finished two months later, he was running high four threes. And I was like, wow, this season is going to be explosive. They're going to have to just outscore teams if they're going to make any kind of a run at this. But I was like, this is going to be a lot of fun, at least offensively. Then all that stuff went down, and I'm like, what is going on with this guy? Because I tried to talk sense into him, and I was literally over his house the day before he got released. And I'm literally talking to him about apologizing to Mark Davis, apologizing to John Gruden and to Mike Mayock. And I said, put this behind you and go out there and play football. Antonio, are you kidding me? This is, you got a great situation in here and you are going to be the star of this team. And it was like I was talking to a wall. He had made up his decision, made up his mind. And he was moving forward. And then the whole New England thing happened. And then you heard about, you know, the different accusations with the different women. And I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen something go downhill that fast with a guy that had a guarantee of $30 million effing dollars and he completely screwed it up and forget about the money how about just taking care being able to play the game of football i mean i'd give my right arm to be able to go run down on one more kickoff and play one more defensive snap i'd give anything for that and this guy was like eh, you know it's almost like he didn't respect and care about this special game Romo, that's the Romo I know and love. I mean, so is it 
Is it love of the game for Antonio Brown at this point, or is it love of what the game can do for you? Love of money, love of fame. What is it? What's he love at this point? There's no question. You know, Antonio, he's a good, you know, deep down inside, Jim, he's a good guy. He's a, he was abandoned by his mom and his dad at certain times in his childhood. The guy does not trust anybody. With that being said, football got him out of basically living on the streets. And it gave him an identity. It gave him a life. It made him a multi-multi-millionaire. And it turned him into somebody. But you got to respect it. And I think down the road, he started losing, just losing track to how special the game is. And I think, I don't know, call it the love of money, call it the cockiness, call it cockiness, call it whatever, but something was not connecting the elevator to the top floor, and he basically screwed this whole thing up where I think he could have... I don't know. He just could have handled a lot of things differently there at the end. And I, I know nothing about what he did with any women, and I don't want to know. I just know if any of that stuff is true, completely, absolutely the most disgusting thing I've ever heard of. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Then do not make a shake. Don't eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Wild Trapper, because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty, it's tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business. It takes its smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried, tough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old Fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy for those of you who like to take things up a notch. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Bill, looking back on your career, I was thinking about this. You wrote this amazing piece, Bill, for the Players' Tribune back in 2015. And the piece begins with you saying, quote, I just rocked Roger Craig really hard in our first padded practice of the year. Craig said, quote, Romo, what the fuck is wrong with you? End quote. Bill, a fair question. What the fuck was wrong with you? What were you doing going after the team star running back like that, Romo? What was your mindset at that time? You know what my mindset was? And that was going into my second year. I wanted to hit people harder. And guess what? It wasn't going to happen unless I started doing it in practice. I wasn't trying to hurt him, but I literally rocked him pretty good, and that was the way football was played, and we were just practicing hard. And I'm sorry, uh, you know, if I offended you, Roger. But, hey, 
I was just with Roger two weeks ago. You can't get a better guy on planet Earth. I love him to death, Roger Craig. But back then, I was trying to make a name for myself. I was trying to be somebody. I wanted to play as long as I possibly could and do what I loved, and that was hitting people, uh, attacking people, sacking quarterbacks, intercepting footballs, and it was starting in practice. And I just made a mindset that I'm just going to be a harder hitter. Romo, it was not personal. It wasn't like you singled this guy out. Another time, you lit Jerry Rice up in practice. What did he do in response? What happened then? Uh, he got a little upset at me. And, uh, you know, and then the entire offensive line attacked me. So here's the play. It's a reverse. And I'm playing outside linebacker the way the reverse is coming to. And all of a sudden, I get off of two different blocks, and I hit him, and I knocked him. I hit him pretty good. And he basically went right to his back instantly. And he's like, Romo, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what are you talking about? I had two 300-pound guys try to put me on my ass. I got around them, and then I put you on your ass, you know? Get over it. And this is me in the heat of the battle. Me, warrior. Me, linebacker. But this is Jerry Rice, the best player to probably ever play, you know, the one of the best to ever play the right. game. And here I did, you know, I, I rocked him pretty good. And again, it was not intentional. It was within the rules of football. It just, you know, one of those things where he did not like getting hit that hard in practice. All right, so Romo, if if you lit up Jerry Rice and you nailed Roger Craig, what about the quarterbacks? I mean, were they off limits or were you coming for Joe Montana and Steve Young too? Hey, if I did that to Joe Montana or Steve Young, I probably would have been cut on the spot. That's what I'm asking. That was not going to happen, Jim. Um, but I tell you what, I tried a lot of times to get to Steve Bono, who was our, you know, number three, you know, and I tried to sack him. And whenever I could get close to him, I, I'd let him know I was there. Oh, that's amazing. What did Bono have to say about that? Because Bono knew. Bono knew that you were not going after the other guys, but he knew that you needed a piece of a quarterback. So what did he think? What did he say to you? Uh, you know, Steve. Steve's just a hell of a guy, and, but he knew he was a low guy on the po- totem pole, and he had to realize that, hey, he had to make the team. He had to go out there and prove that he could play and beat out John Pay, who was also competing for his job. So at the end of the day, the number three quarterback, they weren't off limits. You know, they were, they were there to get sacked, and I was going to try to sack them. Now, Romo, I'd be hard-pressed to find anybody with your approach, your tenacity, your aggression, your intensity, except maybe a guy you shared the locker room with, and he went about it a different way. He was a vet. What was it like when you got there as a young player and Ronnie Lott was there? What kind of an impact did he have on you? Uh, you literally, and and I know I've told you this story, Jim, but I'm going to tell it again Please. because – it had that much of an impact on me. We played 
the L.A. Raiders in our first preseason game. And here's how it went down. I'm playing in the second half against a tight end, Ethan Horton, who had played in North Carolina, but he was a running back. Al Davis converted him to tight end. That punk pushed me in the back after a play. And I got up, and because of how fast things were going on, I went right back to the huddle. The next day in the film room, George Seifert was our defensive coordinator, and you could see him push me in the back. And I just kind of get up and run back to the huddle. Ronnie Lott gets up in front of the defense. He goes over, turns on the lights, and he stands over me, and he says, Romo, if I ever see anybody push you in the back and you don't do something about it, I will personally kick your ass. And he went on to lecture not only me, but to lecture the defense that this is a game of respect. And if you're going to let somebody punk you out on the football field, they will punk you right out of this league because every team in the NFL sees every bit of film. So you better not put that on film. I put that on film once, and never again did anybody ever push me in the back. Hmm. Well, one guy did, Romo, and that didn't go too well for him. Well, that is true, but that was at the end of my career in practice. Hmm. You know, and you and I have talked about that too, so I don't need to reset the entire thing there. One thing about Ronnie Lott, Bill, you've also said – he was different. Like, he had an it. He had an it that even you didn't have. What made him so unique as a player? What kind of it are you talking about when you talk about Ronnie Lott? Whenever you needed a big play on defense, he was there. And literally, you would have a situation where he was supposed to be play the middle of the field because he was our free safety at that point. You know, early in his career, he played corner, then he played strong safety, then he played free safety when I got there. There were times when I'd be playing outside linebacker, and Ronnie Lott, right before the play was snapped, he'd be down and he'd be, you know, three feet from me. And I'm like, this guy is so supposed to be, we're playing cover three, and he's supposed to be in the middle of the field. But he saw something, and he knew they were going to do something different, and he was right where he needed to be to make the play. When you needed a play on defense, Ronnie Lott was able to make it. And not only was he able to make the play, he was able to knock the living daylights out of the opposing team. Romo, Romo, your approach and I mean, I, I can still hear it in your voice. I mean, it's, you're coming through the phone. You were so mean. You were so nasty. Romo, you were dirty at times. You were a maniac, Romo. You still have this intensity. I need to know, were you wired like this? Did this come naturally to you, or did you actually manufacture this mindset? Where did this come from? I had to manufacture it because deep down, at the end of the day, I came from, you know, a nice family, five kids, a mom and dad that loved me. And so can can I say I had a lot of fear growing up? 
Did I say I, could I say I was abandoned? Can I say no? I, I I didn't. But when it came to making it in the NFL, I realized that the greatest players were guys that had a level of intensity that was second to none. And I knew I needed more of that. And the more and more I could generate, the more nastiness I could project out on that field and I could dominate a player here and there early in my career, I realized the more they talked about me, the more they booed me in opposing stadiums, the more they cheered me. And that became an obsession for me, Jim. And I could not get enough of it. The louder the cheers, I loved it. The louder the boos, I loved it too. Because I knew this, they didn't boo people they didn't know. They booed people that were badasses. And that's that's what I loved. I loved going into opposing stadiums and getting the loudest boos. Romo, so like none of this really surprises me to hear this, but this might surprise listeners. Now, you just touched on this very quickly. You said it's not like I was abandoned and not like I was afraid. However, I've heard you say this. Were you really a mama's boy? What were you like as a kid? I actually was a little bit of a mama's boy. But I had two older brothers that literally every time they walked by me, they'd smack me in the head. They'd punch me. They'd stick a sock in my mouth. Uh, you name it, they did it. And little by little, you know, I just started real. I was a good athlete, not a great athlete. And I eventually, when I made it, I made it because of my work ethic. I made it because of my drive. I made it because of my focus. I made it because of the intensity that I started to bring out on the field. I loved what I did for a living, and I never wanted it to go away. And because of that, I, I worked harder than any person that had ever played in the National Football League in all aspects of my game. And I brought it with an intensity that was second to none as far as what this body could bring as far as my speed, my strength. And I had to, I had to have something a little bit extra. And if that was grabbing a guy by the throat, if that was breaking a guy's finger, if that was uh, trying to poke somebody's eye out, is that, if that is knocking somebody out of the game, then go be it because that's what I was going to do. So, Romo, and I don't think that's hyperbole. I think that's all true. I think you did go at it harder than anybody. I think you outworked everybody. I've never seen anybody with that kind of drive. But if that's all the case, I mean, look, this is a violent game, and especially back then. The game's different now than it was then. I mean, that was a game played by gladiators. But there is a respect factor, a fundamental respect, and a line, right? Where is the line? What's, What's going over the line in your mind? Or is there no line? You know what? There's definitely a line, Jim. And, you know, when I look back over some of the things I did, I could, I could definitely, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, love to have some things back. You know, I don't believe spitting in somebody's face, you know, is something that you should do. I don't. But when you knock someone out and you do it within the rules of the game, 
did I want to hurt that guy to where he could never play football again? No way. What, did I want to knock him out of our game so we had a better chance of winning? Absolutely. And so when you talk about the rules, there are things I would love to take back. But there is that line, and it's, I always call it an intensity line. Did I ever want to come below? Not a chance. So I was going to ride that line, game in and game out, play in and play out. And I wanted to be right. If it was a hundred percent intensity line, I wanted to be at a hundred or a hundred and one. I never wanted to be ninety nine or lower. So, Bill, what happens? Like you love the game, and it was such a great outlet for you to attack it with your fury and your work ethic and your drive. But for so many, if it's their identity, and I know guys who play the game that don't love the game. And I'm not sure I've ever met anybody who loved the game the way you did. You just said it. What you would give to run down on one more kickoff right now, when the game is no longer there, what was the adjustment for you like? The early years of retirement. You know what? It actually, on some level, wasn't too bad because I knew this, Jim. I knew I had given it all. And I knew my brain could not take another hit. And because of that, there was no... Like, oh, I wish I could have worked harder here. I wish I would have lifted more. I wish I would have watched more film. I wish I would have, you know, there wasn't that. So when, when I did walk away, it was I could not take another hit. Otherwise, I was going to put my life in jeopardy, and, and I wanted to be able to take care of my family. So, so walking away and then having you know, something to do like, uh, you know, being casted in the longest yard with Adam Sandler. It was having another outlet to, you know, bring creativity. Hey, I was playing football and I was had a locker room setting. I had a job. I had something to do. That was a lot of fun, you know. So me uh, taking up time having passion for other things. You know, I, I got an education from Boston College. I was a business major. So, you know, it wasn't like there's nothing I could do other than maybe play golf. I had a lot of things that I could do and contribute and, and things that I wanted to accomplish in my life. So that part of it, actually, when I came to grips and knew that my brain could not take it anymore, I was all right. Would I still love to be out there playing right now? Absolutely. Romo, to that point about your brain, you tell the story that two weeks after you retired, you cleaned out your locker at Raiders facility and you could not find your way home. Other players have said things like that. How scary a time was that? How did you process that? Yeah, it was actually this. It was actually a preseason game we had played the minnesota vikings in the preseason and it was a physical game and they kicked our ass well then two days later in practice our coaches put us in full pads and you know they were calling us things saying we're soft saying we're you know i don't want to use the p word on your show but 
that was being thrown around. And with all that being said, we had one of the most physical practices we had ever had. And I could, I could go back to training camp. There was nothing that matched the physicality of this practice. And after that practice, I remember leaving the Raider facility, and my home was about 10 minutes from the facility, and I literally did not know where my house was. And But what I did is I just kind of kept driving around, and I was afraid to call because I didn't want to alarm anybody. Uh, I didn't want to alarm my wife. And I just kept driving around, and eventually it came to me. So a 10-minute drive turned into a half-hour drive to get back. And that really, really scared me. Another thing I would do, I would, and this, a lot of these issues and things were happening to me just on a regular basis, Jim. I'd have my car keys in my hand. I'd be in my car, and I'd be, I'd be like, Mother effer, where the hell are my car keys? And they're in my hand. I'd literally get out of the car, go back in the house, search the house, and look down in my hand. And and I'll say this one last thing. And I, this one was probably the scariest. Is I had to fill out, and I don't know exactly what it was. But I remember filling out this form, and there was a, uh, a box where you check male and female. And, Jim, I literally had, for two, three seconds, had to think about it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Are you kidding me? I had to think about that? And... That was probably, you know, more alarming to me, although it was three seconds, but for a split second, for that two to three seconds, had to think about that? Are you effing kidding me? So, you know, the, the things that um, I put my body through, the game is not good for you, you know. Flying around with a helmet on, playing the game of football at 37 years of age and doing it for 27 years from the time I was 10 years old is not good for your brain. And there's nothing I'd rather do again and again and again. I don't do drugs. I don't do, I don't know what it is what it's like to do hardcore drugs. But I tell you what, if, you know, to me, playing the game of football, these people that get addicted to crack and heroin, football was my heroin. Football was my crack. The only thing that was going in my body and goes in my body now is shit that's good for me and shit that will make me better period. And the game of football, on the other hand, is not good for you, but it was my crack. Romo, those stories that you told about the keys 
and not knowing your gender and not being able to find your way home really are terrifying stories. Do you have any episodes like that still? Because I'm talking to you right now, and you sound extremely lucid. Do those things still happen? You know what I have to say, Jim? I really feel pretty damn good. Do I, from time to time, have little, you know, memory lapses? Absolutely. But I tell you what, you know, I run a company, you know, Nutrition 53. So day in and day out, I got to put out fires. I got to be sharp, you know. Um, There's a study out that talks about the sauna. And, you know, two years ago, I got a hold of this, and it said, if you get in the sauna 20 minutes a day, you have a 65% less chance of getting Alzheimer's. Guess what I did the next day? You got in the sauna. I got a sauna. Yeah. And I get in the sauna pretty much every day for at least 20 minutes. It's part of what I do. I take care of my gut with glutamine and probiotics. I stay lean. I work out every day. You know, I do things. You know, I did something uh, last week. Uh, There's a company, Molecular Biologics, and they make stem cells. And they take them from donors that have gone through rigorous testing to make sure the cells are really clean. They extract the DNA out of the cells their, their exosomes is what they are. And I had an exosome IV, and it's a form of a stem cell. And I tell you what, for the last two weeks, I felt like a different person. And I literally been telling, and you know what? You were someone, I was going to reach out to you just to say, hey, I don't know if you've ever done this. I've got some information and research on this, but this is something you ought to try because I feel like a million bucks. By the way, Rummel, I, I am absolutely open to that and interested in more information. Does it? Do you have more energy or do you have better clarity of thought? Is it all the above? Is it cost effective? What's it like? You know, you know what it is? You know, my low back talks to me, but am I in any way, do I have any issues getting my workout done? No, but it talks to me. My back has not talked to me since I got it, and now it's like two weeks ago. It, like, does not talk to me at all. I go through the hardest workout, you know, in the gym, and I'll go out on the track and do some hurdle drills and things like that, does not talk to me. It feels like you've been lifted. And call that lift, you know, maybe it's a 10%, 15% lift, but you just feel lifted in a way, and you're like, I like how I feel right now. And I want to feel this way every day. I don't want to go back down 10%. Or 15%. I want to stay this way. So this is something that will be a new part of my regimen. And it, it will be something that I do on a regular basis because the research is unreal. 
And this is something that years ago I've sent a number of athletes to do over in Europe, but now it's available here. Right. And, you know, it's something I'm fired up about, and I tell pretty much everyone I know. People swear by it. So, when Romo, before you go, you're running the company still, Nutrition 53. I'm curious, yep. like, what are your work days like? Are you pounding it out every single day in the office? What are your days like with the company? I work six days a week, Jim. Um, work till one or two, uh, maybe three on Saturdays, which I call a short day. And, you know, I'm pretty much nine to seven, you know, five days a week. And that's just kind of what I do. And I've got a great team around me. Uh, We're kicking ass on Amazon with our Lean One product, our fat-burning meal replacement. And, you know, I'm in a really good place. The company's kicking ass. I feel really good. Um, you know, the Raiders are getting there. The 49ers are kicking ass. Uh, it's too bad for my Broncos. They're not doing too well, but hey, they'll turn it around. And, uh, I don't know. I'm in a really good place. Roman, we left out one really key component here. How is Jules? Jules is doing great. She's studying to do, uh, you know, core power yoga. So she's going to be an instructor. So, you know, she's doing really well. And, uh, you know, the kids are out of the house. I got a son that's going to get married in a year. And, um, you know, just, hey, overall, things are going really well. Good. You tell her I asked. Hey, Jim Rome here. When you want expert advice, what do you do? You go to a pro. Like some folks might consider me a pro at sports. And as a pro at sports, I've got some advice if you want it. Example, when you're hitting the sports book, say a friend of yours or maybe even somebody you don't know tells you they've got a sure thing, here's my pro tip. Run the other way. There's a reason why casinos are popping up from the ground every other week in Vegas. And that's because there is no such thing as a sure thing or a guarantee in sports. And when you're looking for pro tips on vehicle maintenance or repair, look no further than O'Reilly Auto Parts. Whether it comes to replacing your battery, getting advice on proper car maintenance, or even just getting the best bang for your buck, their expert team can help you out every step of the way. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. One last thing for you, Romo. I I could ask about any teammate, but I had a former teammate of yours on this very podcast a number of weeks back. Mark Schlereth, who, as you know, is just one of the all-timers, man. He was such a tough guy. He is so smart, so funny, so charismatic. I asked him about you, and he didn't crack wise. He actually, Romo, got very serious. I want you to listen to what Stink said about you when your name came up on this podcast. Listen to this, Bill. I love Romo. I wouldn't want to pick curtains out with the guy. Like, I don't want to live with him. He's a weirdo, but he's a weirdo in a good way. I can't tell you how many times he knew that I was struggling just to just to make it to the field on Sundays, and I was struggling with whatever it was, whatever injury I had. And sure enough, it'd be like 6.30 in the evening, right, and all of a sudden somebody knock on my door, and I open up the door, and it's one of Romo's gurus, you know, his massage therapist, his active release guy. It's whatever his guru totally. uh, of, of that week was. And the guy would be like, hey, Bill tells me you're really struggling with something. He sent me over here to work on you for the next hour. It's like he's picking up the tab. He just sent me over here to work on you. 
And that's the kind of teammate Bill Romanowski was. And forever I'll have a debt of gratitude for that. So, Romo, when you hear that, I know you respect him as a warrior and as a player and as a tough guy and as a teammate. What do you think when you hear him say that he's indebted to you? Uh, Stink's awesome. You know, he was, you know, he was one of our guys in the offensive line that, you know, was really, and the guy had like 27 surgeries, you know. It, it was like they were duct taping him together every week. And he'd go out there and literally kick ass on Sunday. And all my teammates, you know, there were certain guys that I, you know, I just, you know, just kind of drawn to and like. You know, Stink was one of those guys. He was as solid as they get. And I knew he was in pain all the time. And I always had the best therapist on the planet. You know, I had a guy, Mark Lindsay. Mark Lindsay would come to the house. He'd work on me for two hours, and I would say, hey, would you go over and take care of Mark Shreff? You know, he lives, you know, two blocks away. And Mark would say, sure. You know, it's no different than, how about this? I'm at a function, a CEO barbecue Ben Horowitz puts on every summer, and Odell Beckham was there. And I went over and started talking to him, and I was like, you know what? I can just tell by the way the guy gives eye contact. I was like, this guy's a good guy. And, you know, so what did I do? I offered up one of my therapists and I sent Mark Lindsay to work on him and he works on him every week. And it's just a way to call it, pay it forward, call it whatever you want to call it. I just, I just care about people, Jim. And I want to see people get better. I want them to be healthier, happier, leaner, you know. And I think that's where my Nutrition 53 and my Lean One comes in and our other products. And then it's the therapist. It's the stem cells that I did two weeks ago. It's, hey, always reaching to find new frontiers of greatness and sharing it with people I love. Romo, if people listening want more information about Nutrition 53, Lean One, or some of the other products, what is the best way for them to get it? They can go to nutrition53.com, they can go to Amazon, or they can go to leanone.com. But I will say this, Jim, I put a warning out. If they don't want to get lean, fit, and strong, don't come. <laughs> Great. Okay? If you want to stay They've been warned, Bill. They have been warned. Fat and not have very much energy, hey, I got another product called Neuro One, which is a brain-focused product that literally will knock your socks off. And probably the best product on planet Earth. And, uh, you know, but... I think about that. Another thing I think about, too, is something I'm really getting into is gut health. And I make a, I have, make a lot of glutamine and probiotics in the lab, you know. And, you know, if your gut isn't right, you're not right. So the warning is this. If you don't want to be lean, fit, strong, and go out and kick ass every day, then don't come to Nutrition 53. Don't come to leanone.com because don't take my products.
And if you want to get if you want to get good, I had a coach. He was our offensive line coach, Alex Gibbs, at uh, the Denver Broncos, and he used to yell this probably ten times a day. And it's something that really I always think about, and a lot of times I'll say it when I get into the, you know in the Nutrition Fifty Three in the morning. I'd say, get good or get gone. <laughs> and I used to hear that every damn day, ten times for six years when I was in Denver. And you know what? Get good or get gone. And I think about that every day, and I just want to get good every fucking day. Romo. One last thing. God, Romo, I could talk to you for hours still. I want to ask you about one last guy, Romo, before I let you go, because yep. I, don't really, I don't know the answer to this. So I want to ask you, another friend of this program, we did a podcast together for an entire football season, different guy. I, when he played, I would have him on the show, and I thought he was a different guy, but I thought he was a great player. I thought he was smart as hell, but he was just a different cat. Where do you come out on Trevor Price? What was it like to play with him? Trevor Price was probably... The only guy that I've ever played with that when he first got to the Denver Broncos, I looked at him, watched him play, and said, this might be the worst fucking first-round pick ever in the history of the NFL. Oh, my God, Romo. John Turlink screamed at him. Every day for a year, and somehow, some way, he turned into a dominant player. And I was like, "I've, I've never, Jim. When I say I've never, because I, re, I truly believe this: if a guy can't play, I don't care how hard he works, how much weight he lifts in the weight room, he can't play." I looked at Trevor Price and I said, "This guy can't play. I don't think he's tough. I don't none of these things." And literally, he became tough. He was a great guy, but he is a different guy. You know, he's a music guy. He's a production guy. He's a you know, and but a damn good guy. And a guy when he was when he got good. He's a guy you wanted on your side of the ball because he was a motherfucker. I don't think he wanted to hurt people, but he could sack the quarterback. Romo, how did he how did he turn that around? If he was horseshit when he got there, how did Trevor turn into an all pro and a dominant player and a guy who earned your respect? He I I, I don't know how he did it either. All I know is Jim, not, not Jim, but uh, uh, Coach Turlink, right. literally every single day it was his job to try to get the absolute most out of him. And John Turlink screamed literally for two and a half, three hours every day in practice Trevor Price. Every day. And somehow, some way, 
it took about two it took about probably a month and a half where I actually saw him make a play where I was like, huh, wow, how the hell did he do that? Because literally he's getting his ass kicked every day. Every day. And for some reason, they got, they got the most out of him and turned him into one of the dominant players you know, for the Denver Broncos, you know, he went on to play for some other teams, but uh, he was a big part. Trevor was a big part of us winning Super Bowls. Romo, nobody better. Nobody better. You and I have been doing this for a long time now, and despite all of our visits, all of our conversations, the things we've talked about, you still bring it. You still bring it, Romo. That was so fun. That was so great. I will always plug into you. Next time when we have more time, I really do need to get into gut health with you. I need some uh, advice and some information on that. But for the time being... You get me your address. I'm going to send you glutamine and probiotics. Okay. And I'm telling you, Jim, I'll have your gut right in about two to three months. Perfect. I will take you up on that. And in the meantime, Romo, thank you so much for this. That was beautiful, and you are the best, Bill. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Love you, bro. Today's episode of the Jim Rome Podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand-new streaming sports news network. It's live 24-7, and it costs you nothing. That's right. Sports coverage, which is always on and always free. It costs you nothing, and it's not garbage either. It's the info, the intel that you need and want. CBS Sports HQ has coverage, which is always focused on the game. Tons of highlights, breaking news as it happens, fantasy advice, and something we all care about, gambling picks, and analysis, which give you the edge you need. I know that when I turn on CBS Sports HQ, I'm going to get the information I need to win my bets. And don't forget, you can get access to all this great coverage completely free. I don't mean free for a week or a month. If you've got some special cable package, completely and totally free for everybody. You don't even need a login. Download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, or any other connected device at any time and watch CBS Sports HQ. Again, no fake debates. Just sports for real sports fans at the great price of nothing. Completely free. You do not even have to log in or sign up for anything at all. Just download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Always an absolute blast to get caught up with Bill Romanowski, especially in the middle of the football season. Nobody like this guy. Never has been, never will be. Also, nothing like this podcast either. 104 episodes of pure, unadulterated range. You don't believe me? Then do a deep dive on the back catalog and find out for yourself. And while you're here, you should subscribe right now for automatic downloads of new episodes every Wednesday. You'll be glad you did. Appreciate you listening to Romo and to me doing our thing. Now it's time for you to do your thing. Here are the voicemails. First new message. Romy, Justin from Melbourne. I just wanted to educate Eric in Orlando on some Patriot knowledge. Eric. Stephen Starring was not an actor. He played from 83 to 87. Take that for data. Message deleted. Next message. London, UK. 
supercharger, London, UK. London, UK. Supercharger. Message saved. Next message. Romy Rome, hey, from his crushing canines to his impactful incisors, from his mashed down molars to his bionic bicuspids. Why don't you play this back for DA? Hey, DA, you're a bitch, you stupid. Message deleted. Next message. Hall of Famer in the box. What's up, man? This is David from Buffalo calling in here to talk about the Astros. Stealing signs. What a surprise this is. No, it's not. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, what's next? Are we going to find out that Tobin from Chapel Hill reads his calls? I mean, this is an absolute all-timer. No, it's not. And this is what goes on in pro sports. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. I mean, what are we going to find out next? That Otis in Austin has a different voice than he used in the smack-off back in the day? Come on, clones. All these teams do this stuff. This is nothing new. The Astros just got caught. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim. Kevin from Castro Valley. Just want to tell Mike in Buffalo and the Bills Mafia, hey, I got a feeling Buffalo lost to the Browns. Message saved. Next message. Romy, still the young well from the SLC here. Message deleted. Next message. Hi, Jim. It's Bella B in Calgary. Congratulations. So proud of you. I could cry. So many clones love you, Jim. We love your show. This is a great honor. Just so, so happy. I know you will give a shout-out to the clones. Forever, Hall of Fame, Jim Rome. Message deleted. You have no more messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.